be the next to die They wrap you up in a big white sheet From your head down to your feet They put you in a big black box And cover you up with dirt and rocks And all goes well for about a week And then your coffin begins to leak And the worms crawl in Pinochle on your snout They eat your eyes They eat your nose They eat the jelly Between your toes A big green worm With rolling eyes Crawls in your stomach And out your eyes Your stomach turns A slimy green And pus pours out Like whipping cream You spread it and that's what you eat when you're dead And the worms crawl out, the worms crawl in The worms that crawl in are lean and thin The ones that crawl out are fat and stout Your eyes fall in and your hair falls out Your brain comes tumbling down your snout And the worms crawl in, the worms crawl out They crawl caves in and your eyes pop out and your brain turns to sauerkraut they invite their friends and their friends too they all come down to chew on you and this is what it is to die i hope you had a nice goodbye did you ever think as a hearse goes by that you may be the fall out and your teeth decay and that is the end of a perfect day my name is amanda and i'm Kristen, and, and we are the extra sisters so sit back relax and let's get creepy Welcome to Hype episode 12, and in this Hype episode, which if you're new here, is an additional episode to our regular schedule, which we talk about brand new releases that are still in theaters. Mm -hmm. We are going to be talking about scary stories to tell in the dark in this installment. Yes. Which is actually kind of refreshing. It wasn't like perfect right. by any means, but it was like much more enjoyable than Annabelle. Oh, much. Like, this is definitely not one of the worst. And it's not even mediocre. This is a very good movie. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, which was... I wasn't surprised. I didn't think that if you got Guillermo del Toro in on something, that it was going to be bad, especially right. visually. Right. Because he's just so over the top and interesting and detailed. Mm -hmm. So I was really excited when I saw this release, especially, obviously, this book series was released in the 80s. And so yeah. it was an integral part of a lot of like my childhood I'm sure yours as well oh my god yes it made me want to reread them watching yeah this. me too great. I looked on Amazon to like rebuy mm -hmm. them because I actually didn't own them when I was a child they were just actually for me my group of friends somebody would have them and mm -hmm. we would sit in a circle on the playground at recess and read them oh, so awesome. it wasn't even ever like a 
at night at sleepovers, it was like a we couldn't wait to get out to the playground because we had this little covered awning with some picnic tables and we would all just sit around and read the next one nice. or however many we could in that amount of time. So. I love that. And even the theme music in this is, I didn't catch it in the beginning, but as they played it throughout the mm-hmm. whole thing, it's actually a song everybody knows from their childhood. It's a quote unquote lullaby, but it's a gross lullaby. Mm-hmm. You know, the worms crawl in, the worms crawl out, and which yep. is in the books. And it was right. really cool that they put that in there. Yeah. And I remember as a child being scared of them in the daytime. Like, mm-hmm. we went to recess at, like, 11 o'clock, you know, or yeah. 10 o'clock in the morning. It's not like I was only scared of them because we were all sitting in the dark and working ourselves up. It yeah. was like they were creepy in broad daylight. Yes. So it was a really cool thing to see that brought to screen and to see them stay so close to the original artwork was Mm -hmm. really cool yes it was really cool but it was also a little jarring at times i agree because it didn't feel real because it looked like artwork so it's like it was that uncanny valley almost that people talk about with robots like if it's too close but Mm -hmm. not close enough it looks kind of weird it was like that yeah they went exactly from 2d to 3d but when you have like a 2d image you only get to see the part that the illustrator illustrates exactly you don't have what does the back look like in the side views Mm -hmm. and what does it look like in motion i thought that the very end they actually had a real contortionist play the jangling man and it was really good it was good but honestly just like mama watching him do it in real life was so much creepier in the videos of him practicing than it was in the movie because you can see like, his facial features and stuff, they had to CGI that. Yeah. Like, it was a mask he had on, but they still had to move it and stuff. Of course, yeah. And it's like, you took the creepiness of what he was doing, and you put... I, I know you had to, but you put too much CGI on it yeah. to make me scared anymore, and I'm like... On the other hand of that, too, there was a lot of CGI in this movie, but then on the flip side, there was a lot less than a lot of modern horror movies. Oh, definitely. Because, like, I've seen some really cool making of. That's what something they did as far as marketing for this movie mm-hmm. they did a lot of was, like, behind the scenes mm-hmm. because the producers and everyone in on this movie wanted the visuals to be spot on and they wanted them to move as realistically as possible and so everything was done by a human being with some computer added on to which Which is cool cool. the the human being part was so creepy Mm -hmm. oh my god i've told you in the past like watching the mama footage of him actually doing it is so much creepier than the movie to me and that's how this was yeah i remember one of the first things you told me about like we were like let's watch scary stuff on youtube Mm -hmm. just like real videos or whatever like real ghosts caught on tape or sometimes that gets you in a creepier mood faster than a movie will because this could be faked for youtube of course but it looks more real so Mm -hmm. it's easier to believe that it is and one of the things you were like you have to watch this. I and can't it was, even watch it all the way through by myself. It was it a, the contortionist so video. Oh, my God. Look it up, you guys. It's so freaking creepy and amazing that someone can do that with their body, but so creepy. Yeah. It's uh, just contortionist for mama, I yep. think, and you'll find it. Yes. So good. They had to come up with a story to house these scary stories. Yeah. Which, and obviously, scary stories to tell in the dark is a bunch of scary stories like a collection of scary stories so it's not like they had a narrative to follow through with all of these scary stories right okay i mean we're just this was done really well this is not Mm -hmm. like annabelle comes home in that it's following goosebumps in a negative way but this is just goosebumps again right yes that's all it is where people actually get killed yes something that i said 
to, I don't remember who I was talking to, but they asked what I thought. And I was like, the story was very predictable. It was very cliche. It mm-hmm. was very horror yeah. movie. Like, you know. And honestly, I'm not saying you hate them, but you kind of don't really care about the characters. Like, yeah, more so than other movies, definitely. Yeah. But also, I'm kind of like, I don't really care. You kind of, in my opinion, cared about two of them. You mm-hmm. cared about the main character, Stella, mm-hmm. and you cared about her boyfriend character or love interest. Because I actually didn't even care about Stella. I really mm-hmm. did not care. They tried to give you some backstory about her mom, and it's just like it wasn't even needed. They didn't use it for anything mm-hmm. like they usually do in a movie, and you're just like, why? Yeah. I think I cared about her more than I cared about, like, her auxiliary friends, mm-hmm. I guess I would say. But they didn't do a ton of character development. They gave you some side stories on characters they were trying to harp on the most. Mm-hmm. Like the two, Stella yeah, exactly. and her boyfriend or Ramon. Yeah. But they didn't do a great job of making you feel like you would be devastated if something happened to them. Yeah, even like I agreed with you, I care about Ramon. I was still like, okay, I'm fine if he dies. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, it's whatever. Exactly. It's Mm -hmm. whatever. It's whatever. What I think most of us are here for anyways is to see how they bring these stories to life and how they move. So the characters are kind of like a, and maybe they understood that. Maybe they understood that we don't have to develop these characters quite as much because people aren't aren't going to see the adventures of Stella and her friends. Right. Which is fair. Yeah. Except I know we've heard other reviews about this and I kind of agree. Like if you're going to have such a weak storyline then put in more monsters. Right. Yeah. I would have been fine with you doubling the cast to have them go quick mm-hmm. with more stories. To be more even more goosebumps. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But basically the plot is spoilers heads up go see the movie and then come back and listen if you've already yeah. made it through this point without go seeing see it. it if you yeah. guys care it's definitely worth it yeah it's not one where we're like don't even go exactly. see it <laughs> so the plot is stella is this girl being raised by a single father her and her friends are kind of the outcasts or mm-hmm. kind of the it's kind of like another losers club yeah you know definitely from it but which i loved because yeah. i was the only girl in a group of guy friends and mm-hmm. that was always so much fun we were yeah. like the outsiders so mm-hmm. that was fun yeah and so they are kind of the weird creepy kids it's halloween night in 1968 oh, she's such a creepy bitch and i love yeah. her yeah she's got all these posters of old, old and, horror movies yeah because this is the 60s and so yes. even at the drive-in in this movie they're playing night of the living dead oh, so good yeah and it's obscure ones like there's mm-hmm. uh, frankenstein's daughter or something poster in her room mm-hmm. and i'm like Cool. She's. Uh, I think I leaned over to you and I was like, "That's our bitch." <laughs> exactly. Like, and we would be her friend. So sh- there's this haunted house in this town that nobody goes into because they had to lock it up, and it belonged to the Bellows family. And they had a daughter. Her name was Sarah Bellows, and she was locked in the basement. She was weird. She was some sort of albino. Mm-hmm. They kept her locked away, and basically. All of these legends started about her as they do, about her being a witch and into black magic and all of these things. And so Halloween night, the group of kids goes and they find where she was locked in the basement and they pull out this book. Mm -hmm. And the cheesiest line in the movie is, you don't read the book. The book reads you. Yeah, But that's basically what is happening. Which is still the confusing part. I looked at you and said that too. Once again, we're in spoiler area, so Mm -hmm. prepare. There's a point where the kids start realizing that they know the stories. Mm-hmm. So you can get, like, one of them says, my dad told me this. Okay. 
so kids are supposed to go to Sarah Bellows and she tells them scary stories, but mm-hmm. then she kills them with right. the scary story. So how are these kid these parents able to tell their kids these stories without dying? I don't. <laughs> I'm very confused about that. Maybe it's they're just stories that are kind of like twists on folklore that are very well known, and Sarah just happens to know them and play on that. But she has to put her own like words and twist on it or actually talking about it right now i just had like an epiphany maybe because they don't die right away maybe another kid heard the story told his dad maybe and the other kid died to die but his dad could live maybe yeah maybe idea yeah for sure it's so interesting because we talk about like the losers club and you know how much i love it but it's very similar in that Pennywise kind of takes on the form of whatever scares you, and yeah. so do these monsters in a way. It's definitely a Boggart type Basically, thing. Mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. And they were written around the same time in the 80s. One mm-hmm. for children. Yeah. One not for children. <laughs> right. One very much not for children. So they get this book, and obviously you're like, don't take the fucking book, and she takes the fucking book. Mm-hmm. And then these stories start appearing and they, like, write themselves right in front of her mm-hmm. so she can see Sarah writing it, and it's in blood. Question about mm-hmm. that really quick. Yeah. So, yes, it's written in blood, and she, like, moves her thumb over it to see that it's fresh. I get her doing it the first time. Why the fuck did the cop do it the second time? I don't – why does he care if it's fresh? Well, why did he even want to try it? To see if she was lying, I guess. I'm very confused about that. I don't know. I guess, you know, he thinks that – She's bullshitting, and now he has an opportunity to test her on it. Mm. So he does. There's also this, of course, with any group of losers, you've got a group of antagonists, bullies, jocks, usually, if you will. Fucking psychos. Just like Stephen King Mm -hmm. stuff, where you always have the bully that's going to go too far to kill you. Yeah. So there is this bully, and his name is Tommy, and he has this scarecrow on his property, which is where we get the scarecrow can we talk about tommy for just a second yes okay so they do make a comment that he's been drinking a lot and he's getting ready to go off to vietnam so that's a huge that's the other plot in this whole thing is vietnam so i get that i get maybe why he's such an asshole Mm -hmm. if he's scared that he's gonna go die i can kind of understand that Mm -hmm. but i will say that this is gonna be me getting on a soapbox really quick but it'll be fast and it'll be over you guys really quick what what we did to the guys in Vietnam really is messed up. Like, they came back and we spit on them in the streets. They still don't have insurance for, like, Agent Orange. Things that we did to them, mm-hmm. they still can't get covered by the VA. So we did some fucked up shit. And please, somebody out there, do something for these vets. Like, do if you want to do a movie, if you want to do a story, please do something. But I don't think this was the way to do it. Because I didn't, personally, I didn't really care like honestly it was almost annoying because it was in every single scene they mm-hmm. would switch it was it because, very political yes somebody was watching the tv or somebody and was it was election it. night like yes, one night there's yeah. so much stuff in it and i'm not saying you can't have politics in it i'm just saying that i don't know exactly what they did wrong because there's political pieces that i agree with that i felt it all the way through this one i didn't i was almost annoyed yeah that's my only problem. Maybe with you it. were annoyed because they meant to do something that they just weren't effective with doing. That's and probably so exactly why I was annoyed. You were trying to piece together like why is this relevant? There nice. were a couple things. Vietnam aside, just about the characters and their like who they were and their backstories that were told and then just never came back around. Exactly. I'm kind of thinking what they did, maybe not with the Vietnam thing, but with some of these is 
they're gonna make another one yeah, and they're gonna bring already the talked about oh okay. what you should expect in two and i'm like see i didn't know that that's yeah. fine but i would rather you have made an amazing amazingly perfect one here that didn't need a sequel yeah exactly yeah. Because at the end, you know, we're jumping ahead a little bit, but two kids of the friend group and then Tommy, the bully, Mm -hmm. end up disappearing. And it's kind of up in the air whether they're dead or just like in some sort of weird dimension that they can't, like the Upside Down, if you watch Stranger Things. So at the end, it looks like the surviving characters, with the exception of Ramon, who gets shipped off to Vietnam. Yeah are going to try to figure out how to get them back. Right. Which is weird to me, though, because they're going away from where Sarah Bellows was, who did all this. So where are they going to? That's my confusion, too. Or maybe, because they have... So one of the girls goes crazy because she's attacked by spiders, which, fair, I would, too. I'd be in the same They crawled out of her skin, yeah, which you've seen in the trailer. Billions of them. Yeah. I would go insane, too. Maybe they were taking her from the hospital home? Maybe. Possibly. I don't know. The only thing There's a that, lot of stuff where you just have to make ideas. Yeah. It almost looked like their truck was full of stuff, though, in the back. That's true. That's so true. So it looked like that. they were going to something, but you could be totally right. Weird. It's, yeah. But it does leave it very open-ended for a sequel, yeah. which was pretty blatant. Because yeah. she's like, we're going to find them, or they're not. Or she said something about, Got like, it. not believing they're dead. We'll see you in one to two years. Got it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> which I'm excited about in the respect that I just want to see. They did a pretty good job, I felt, with the monsters taking them from the stories that we know and love to the screen. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be cool to see, because there were there aren't just three monsters in Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. There right. are. There's so many. You know, There's three books of exactly. just tons of pages. Exactly. So it'll be cool if they keep going my fear is they never really nail down a really good storyline and so we just go back to see what they did with the monsters and that's kind of dangerous territory i Mm -hmm. think because you can crank out a shit movie it's kind of like what the conjuring universe did Mm -hmm. where people will just be loyal to your franchise because you've given them what they've wanted in the past and so they just continue to go or what's sad too is you take such an iconic book series for children and you exploit it until you've killed it which that's not what they did here i'm just saying it could open Mm -hmm. the door to it in the future which is a little concerning definitely but it also could open up a really awesome world if they keep the right people on board to do it that's what i was gonna say if guillermo de toro stays with it i think it could be great because Mm -hmm. he makes creepy shit that we fucking love Mm -hmm. stick with it exactly and all he did was produced it he didn't even really direct it or anything Mm -hmm. still felt like him yeah Yep, absolutely. So these stories start popping up. And the first story that's written the night she gets the book is about Tommy, who is the bully. And what was interesting to me, like, maybe I'm wrong, but haven't we known driving drunk is, like, not good even, like, in the 60s? I mean, people did it all. But those that was when women were still drinking while pregnant. That's true. So. Yeah. So Tommy comes home and his mom's all pissed off at him. It's like, you need to get the eggs and take them to, your, to the neighbor or whatever. Mm-hmm. And this is when we get the scarecrow coming to life. I couldn't imagine trying to gather eggs to take to someone while drunk. <laughs> and it's pitch black. I'd be like, that is not happening tonight. I don't have the dexterity for that. Sorry. They're getting the eggs in the morning. <laughs> yeah. And that's when you eat breakfast anyway. Exactly. <laughs> but he is walking through the cornfields and Harold, the scarecrow, comes mm-hmm. to life. And he's pretty creepy. Yeah, he is. And this was interesting because Harold comes to life, stabs him with a pitchfork, but instead of bleeding, you just see all this straw coming yeah, out of him and everywhere. all this hair. It was so good. All that was orifices. so well done. I agree. 
And so he just turns into a scarecrow. Mm -hmm. And then he's missing. The town can't find him. So there's your first one. And then, of course, Stella's like, it's coming true. It wrote about Tommy. Now he's missing. And her friends at first are like, you're crazy. It's fine. Mm -hmm. But then, of course, they all come around. And the next story is their friend Augie. Mm-hmm. And this is the toe. Okay, I still stand with. So there's a toe in the soup, mm-hmm. right? Which is fine. That's a children's book. It's a children's story. Yeah, yeah. What does his mother mother cook that he thinks it's okay that there's a toe in that soup? He didn't very long. Not very long, <laughs> but still. He, like, had a full-on toe on his spoon. There's no way you don't know that's a fucking toe. <laughs> that's a big carrot. <laughs> So, of course, he freaks out because he does realize that there's a toe. And also, Stella is calling him because she's reading this story mm-hmm. as it's being written and telling him everything that's about to happen. And at first, he's like, whatever. But then he's like, oh, shit, it is happening. And then he hides in his room under a bed. And mm-hmm. then this creature, where's my toe or who has my toe or whatever, mm-hmm. comes and drags him away and he disappears. But it's under the bed with him. Yeah. Like, okay. He doesn't see it walk in. Yeah. I have to say, there. it's honestly been... A really long... I can't even remember if there has been a movie this year. I don't think there has, at least this year. I don't remember the last movie that did make me back up in my seat and, like, watch through my fingers because I knew there was a jump scare coming and I wasn't rolling my eyes at it. Mm Because, like, in Annabelle, there was... Annabelle Comes Home, there was some jump scares and you expected them, but it wasn't once that I was like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. It was more like, and cue here. Exactly. This one, like, yeah, I knew it was coming, but I was still like... Oh God! Oh but God! It's oh God! Still oh God! Not what you want to see? You're like, oh no, please don't. Yeah, it was actually enjoyable as a mm-hmm. horror fan. Like, I don't go to horror movies because I want to be like, and cue the jump scare, and right, exactly. cue the music, and all this stuff. Like, and yes, it wasn't necessarily not predictable, but it was still. I thought they did a really good job of building tension, mm-hmm. which I think a lot of horror movies are lacking because they just rely on sound mixing so much. Whereas, like, it's a lot of thought. It's quiet, and there's going to be a jump scare. This exactly. one didn't do as much of that, which I appreciated. It actually Mm -hmm. built some good tension to where I was like Mm -hmm. no (laughs) so I appreciated that a lot especially for a PG-13 movie yeah definitely this would be when I was a kid this would have been my shit like if you have kids that are getting into horror this one is not overly violent Mm -mm. they just disappear exactly so is there even really any blood not that I really just what they're writing in and she nicks herself in the last scene on purpose to write in her blood yeah Yeah, so it's pretty good Mm mm-hmm So now Augie's gone and Stella realizes, like, she already kind of did, but now she's like, for sure this is happening. Mm -hmm. She calls Ramon, her friend Chuck, who's another in this group, and then Chuck's sister, Ruth. He's our comedy relief. Yes. Yep. And calls them all together to actually an empty drive-in to tell them that this is happening. And Chuck kind of believes it but doesn't really want to. And Ruth is just like, this is stupid. But she's got this pimple on her face. Mm, It ain't a pimple. Yep. And that night she is performing. Actually, it was Bye Bye Birdie, I think, Mm -hmm. at the high school. And that night she's in costume ready to go. And Stella sees another. Well, they're kind of doing research. We have this research montage, of course. Who is Sarah Bella? Mm -hmm. You know, we have to figure out. We know who Sarah Bellows is, but we don't really know that much about her because she was kept locked away. So they go to the local paper and they're digging through the archives looking for her. And while they're doing that a story called The Red Spot is being written in the book. And that is Chuck's sister Ruth's story. And in the trailers, you see a spider leg pop out of her face from this like boil thing that she has. And it does the same thing in the movie, obviously, but it doesn't just release a spider. It releases like 
a portal of spiders. Oh, God, so many. And she keeps getting bit, and oh, God, it's horrible. Yep. I, I would have dunked my face in a fucking toilet or something. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, they end up throwing water on her, mm-hmm. too. Nasty yeah. mopped water, but they yeah, throw water but, on her. I mean, her. it's that or death, so right. <laughs> bring on the mopped water. But they, they're they able to get to her before she is killed or disappears. You see her wheeled out on a stretcher, and that's really all you see of her mm-hmm. until the very, very end. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like they stopped it. Right. They got there in time. So I don't know if this is something that just happens when somebody's alone. But then again, in the jail later, there's two of them, and it mm-hmm. happens. So... Not quite sure, but you do get a really cool spider scene. And then, of course, they're freaking out and they need to go. They realized that Sarah Bellows was institutionalized by her own family. So this is (laughs) pre-HIPAA. They go to the insane asylum to get her records and they have to sneak down into the red room Mm -hmm. in order to get her records. And Chuck is like, he's had this dream about this red room a couple times, which he just kind of throws out there. exactly, And... So when he hears, like, they have to go to the red room, he's like, nope, ain't doing it. And, of course, this is where the group splits up, Mm -hmm. which is the worst idea. Yeah. This is where you get the pale lady because Mm -hmm. he's down in these hallways that are deserted in this insane asylum. And they know that there are kids down there. And so they set the alarm Mm -hmm. and the lights all turn red. Yes. And then it's creepy because she's walking towards him but anytime he turns she's the same distance away from them just down that hallway Mm -hmm. so she's at every single angle coming at him i will say this scene of seeing her just slowly come to him was too long it took tension away eventually i agree and then she just kind of hugged him and he absorbed into her and disappeared like she looked really creepy in the trailers and i'm like oh this is gonna be good and then it took so long and by the time she's ready at him and you think something bad's gonna happen you're just like just do what you're gonna do i'm done i i agree with that yeah it was probably like a the whole running away from the same thing probably about a five minute scene yeah which was which is long for a little too long for like a a slow chase basically But while Chuck is getting, like, eaten, Mm -hmm. they find out that Sarah's own brother was doing electroshock therapy on her. And all these kids in the community were dying and everybody was blaming it on Sarah. You find out it was actually her family poisoning these kids. Mm -hmm. Does it say why they were poisoning kids? It was a runoff from the factory that was getting in the water. It was an accidental poisoning, but she knew about it and they were trying to cover it up. I missed that for some reason. I don't know why. But Sarah knew that that was happening and she – they kept trying to say, you know – tell us the truth or we're going to shock you. You say you killed the kids because she was an easy scapegoat. So Mm -hmm. they found out all this terrible stuff that happened to Sarah in her lifetime to make her this angry, vengeful, full of rage spirit that she is or witch or whatever you want to call her. And actually, this is Stella and Ramona taken into custody here because they get caught. Yeah. Looking for Chuck. They find like something of his. It's a pin Mm -hmm. that we've seen in a previous scene. And so they get thrown in jail. And of course, the cops don't believe him and here you find out that ramon because he's an out-of-towner he's kind of been living in his car and just like randomly made friends with them you find out that he dodged the draft which i'm very confused these kids do not look old enough for this to be a thing i think they were getting at their seniors but they do look like really young yeah they really do like there are times when she looks like she's about 10 but okay we can schluff that off right because teenagers always look older on tv than they actually are yeah but i don't know i don't look at him and go 18 i go i don't know maybe 15 16 i would have said like 16 17 18 seemed a little old yeah right but so we find out that he's dodged the draft but that's really all they say about that 
<laughs> and that night, of course, they're in two separate jail cells, but they're right next to each other. And this is when you get another story being written. And this time it's Ramon's story because, of course, we're saving Stella for last. Because mm-hmm. she's the one that took the book and pissed off Sarah Bellows. Mm-hmm. So it's he realizes quickly what this thing is. So these body parts start falling down the chimney mm-hmm. in the police station. And it's the jangly man. Mm-hmm. Which was pretty creepy. I mean, it there was a lot of the jangly man, though. But he did run really fast, which was terrifying. Yeah, true. He ran, like, as quick as that car was going. Yeah, if we saw more of him, actually, like, on all fours, it was pretty creepy. But there mm-hmm. were times when it would just go back to Ramon in the car, and you're like, can you please show me the creepy part? Right, exactly. They actually... So it kills the police chief. Mm-hmm. Kills the fuck out of him. Kills, snaps oh, his neck so hard. Yeah, no blood. Yeah, no Snaps blood. his neck. Then it starts trying to get at Ramon through the jail cell, and it can detach parts of its body. So it can pretty much get anywhere it wants to go, as long as, like, its arm and head and torso can fit through. And it can just reassemble. And so there's this whole scene of them trying to get out of the jail cell, and then they do. And then Stella runs to Sarah Bellows to try to stop this. Mm -hmm. And Ramon is trying to escape with a cop cruiser. Yeah. And he's able to thwart it for a little while, enough to wreck the car, pin it against something. A trash truck. Yeah, and get back to Stella. Mm-hmm. And so then Stella and Ramona are in this house together, and Stella is kind of taken into this kind of alternative reality or dimension where she is Sarah Bellows, seeing yeah. what Sarah Bellows saw when her family was looking for her because she escaped the basement. Which is pretty fucked up. Yeah, it was. I wish we had gotten more Sarah Bellows. Yes. I feel like they had too many storylines that they wanted to put time into, whereas Mm -hmm. all we really needed was a couple main ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I thought seeing Sarah's world through her eyes and her time was really interesting. And that's actually when I got the most invested in the story outside of the monsters. I agree. I completely agree. Because you see her family, like, looking for her and how terrified she is and mm-hmm. she's hiding under the dining table and, and they've got like straps that they're chasing and after it's her horrible with. that this is her family it's not like she's running from monsters yeah. and it's all because she's not bino like seriously mm-hmm. it's fucked up so of course she is disoriented because she's sarah but she's stella mm-hmm. and you're just kind of getting this back and forth between ramona's being chased still in the same house mm-hmm. they're just in two different mm-hmm. dimensions so they can kind of feel each other mm-hmm. but they obviously cannot talk to each other so stella makes it down into the basement where sarah lived mm-hmm. unfortunate her unfortunate life and she basically it's it the ending was very cliche to me because Sarah is kind of like a a ghost not at rest or like mm-hmm. a spirit that's not at rest. And then Stella basically calls her out and says, I know it wasn't you that poisoned the kids. I know you were innocent. I know they were just blaming it on you. I know you only said it because they were torturing you, all this stuff. And she's like, you should let it go. I'll tell your story. And mm-hmm. then and then that, that ends it. Yeah, that's the end. The basically. jangle man disintegrates and... It doesn't really go back to normal because the friends she's lost are still lost. Yeah. She writes a story about Sarah Bellows. Mm-hmm. Ramon goes off to Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And we go get the girl from the same asylum and go hunt other people. It's the end. Yeah. So, it was good. I, I wasn't disappointed when I left. I wasn't like, oh, my God, that it's was not, the best movie I've seen exactly. in forever. It was, But it was good. I appreciated the artwork a lot. 
and the visuals a lot. The story was lackluster, but it, again, kind of forgivable because as someone who read these books as a child, I really wanted to see how they were going to bring those mm-hmm. monsters to life. I almost think this may have been cooler. It would have to be a really good one. It couldn't just be like done by like AMC or something. It would have to be like a Netflix or an HBO. Kind of like lore. Oh, for sure. Which each one had their own episode, but with the same amount of effort into the visuals as the movie had. Like Goosebumps Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah, Del Toro could still do a good show, you know, so I kind of feel like that may have been a better move in the long run. I would for sure watch that show. Me too. That'd be great. Yeah. But it was still really good. I'd probably give it like a three and a half out of five, kind of middle of the road for me, but still a good time and I enjoyed it and I wasn't upset about spending my money on it, so... Yeah, I don't do halves like you, so yeah. I'd probably round up to a four out of five. It yeah. wasn't the best thing ever. It's not like Us or Midsummer where no. I was blown. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was fine. It was yeah. great. I'd probably watch it again. Uh, yeah, I would too. Especially, it w- it's a really good, I think, because it's on Halloween night. It feels like fall. Really good October movie. Definitely. Yeah, like if you want to watch some horror, like even before we did the podcast where we just filled our schedule with fun horror movies mm-hmm. to watch. I could see, like, if this was on, I wouldn't, or I would even, like, put in the Blu-ray and definitely put up my Halloween decorations to While it. it's on, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Just like Kind of like Jeepers Creepers yeah. or something like that, exactly. you know. Well, thank you guys for joining us for this little bonus episode. We hope you enjoyed it, and we hope you enjoy the movie as well. You can send us your thoughts on any of our social medias or emails. We'd love to hear what you think if you go see it, especially on these newer movies. I love to, yeah, to hear your thoughts. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at The Extra Sisters Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at The Extra Sisters, and you can always email us at theextrasisters at gmail.com and check out our website at extrasisters.com. And until next time, stay creepy.